Sharing Institute, and I'm delighted today to have a very special guest and an old friend of mine, Joel Sutherland from the University of San Diego. So, welcome, Joel. Uh, pleasure to be with you, Rosemary. See your smiling face yeah. from so far away. Yeah. yeah. So, Joel and I have worked together for a long time uh, when he was at uh, Lehigh University and then at the University of San Diego. Um, and uh, he's now uh, retired from his official position at leading the Supply Chain Institute at the University of San Diego, but still teaching logistics and has had a long, long, long logistics career. So we have lots to talk about today about how we prepare new people coming into the industry for a career in supply chain management or logistics management. So, Joel, let's let's start out by um, you can give us a little background and maybe tell us a little bit about the program at USD. Sure, be delighted to. Um, you know, it's um, when we talk about logistics and supply yeah. chain management. Um, you know, it's it's caught the attention of universities around the world. I remember, I remember when people were um, talking about logistics and supply chain, and it fell within the realm of. Uh, operations management or marketing and uh, supply chain was never really a uh, a career choice or a discipline that was that stood on its own. But about ten or fifteen years ago, um, supply chain management really caught on, and people started realizing that this is an important discipline and it should be a separate uh, discipline other than other than within marketing or within operations management. So supply chain management evolved as a standalone discipline due to its end-to-end process. So we had procurement in the past, or you had operations management, the manufacturing operation, uh, and logistics. They were taught as uh, separate disciplines uh, at many universities. Well, supply chain management pulled them together into its own um, into its own discipline. So USD began offering supply chain courses. Um, as well as a uh, annual symposium back in 1986, long before most universities or even professionals um, had very much recognition of what supply chain management was. In 1999, uh, um, University of San Diego founded one of the earliest centers uh, in supply chain management, the Supply Chain Management Institute that I ran for over a decade. And this was really uh, intended to connect industry with academia. When I say academia, this is not only the students, it is the the professors, the academics, as well as the researchers and the administrators, because uh, in in universities, it's not just, you know, you think of professors. Well, there's a whole army of people that support them, and they have to understand what supply chain management is as well. Uh, today, USD uh, offers uh, a multitude of degrees um, within supply chain management. First of all, they have an undergraduate minor and an undergraduate major in supply chain management. They have their Master of Science uh, in supply chain management that I teach in, and I teach the logistics course as well as an MBA concentration. And they also have a Master of Business Analytics, which is closely aligned in 
with the supply chain management area. Uh, it's also interesting um, because we have our annual career fairs that, that we notice that a number of industrial engineers, and I would say a number, maybe 25% of industrial engineers choose supply chain management as their career choice. Why is this happening? That was part of your question, I believe. I tell my students that every company in the world, regardless of industry vertical, company size, or wherever they are on the planet, has a supply chain and needs talent to manage this very important function. The fact that the demand for talent, is long, uh, along with attractive salaries, uh, promotion opportunities, and what I think is really important is for students to be able to work outside of the United States. Um, makes this uh, the supply chain management profession or selection of that as a career choice very attractive. Well, you know, I, I want to unpack that a little bit. There's a, a, a lot that you told us there um, together. <laughs> I think uh, one of the things that was so attractive to me, and, and full disclosure, I was on the board at the Supply Chain Management Institute or have been for about 10 years um, but one of the things that's so interesting to me is that when they, when USD, the University of San Diego, as well as other universities across America now that have supply chain programs, when they put on programs um, and seminars and webinars and open to the public workshops and all sorts of things, it's truly a crossover between academia and industry. So not only right. is there uh, usually, you know, people who are in the industry that can give practical knowledge, but also it's big thinking ideas. Um, you know, what's the strategy? What is happening there in the research? And what are the academics, the teachers, the seeing that they're bringing into the classroom? And that's really different from going to an ordinary conference. So if you went to a an ordinary conference, you'd see a lot of um, people who are working in the industry and, um, you know, have, have something to bring to the table specifically in, in terms of tactical operations. But this is, these programs are truly a crossover. And I think it makes the programs really, really robust and, and super interesting compared to other, other um, programs. So that, I think but that's Robert, really important. You brought that to the table. Well, you bring a, a, an excellent point and if that's a crossover. Um, and I talked about different disciplines within a university system that are somewhat related. But the, the interesting thing about supply chain management and the connection that we have to industry is our ability to understand industry's needs for talent and how that evolves and being able to adapt the curriculum. I've never been, I've been on boards of a number of universities and I've seen how long it takes to change curriculum or add classes that are important. Uh, at USD and a number of other universities, because of that connection with industry, they're much um, more able to uh, adapt curriculum in a shorter period of time than normal. And that really adds to the value um, that we provide to industry in, term of, in terms of providing that talent that meets their needs. So, so fast adaptability and then uh, the popularity of supply chain, especially since the pandemic. I, I used to, uh, you know, people would ask me what I did for a living. I've been doing this for a long time, 40 years. And uh, people would ask me what I did for a living. And I'd say supply chain management, their eyes kind of roll back and they're like, mm, let's go get another drink. You know, I mean, not, not very exciting. 
But today, you know, supply chain and, and logistics problems all across America are headline news in the Wall Street Journal every day. I mean, this is important stuff that has risen to the sea level in organizations. I think because most companies now know they're they're very vulnerable, especially since the pandemic and all that risk was exposed. So really important, um, really important to tie those two together. And of course, we're always interested in reshoring because we're the Reshoring Institute and uh, <laughs> how um, how bringing manufacturing back is affecting all of those component parts, supply chain, um, you know, procurement, uh, operations, logistics, all these things are affected and they have started to be effective and are going to go full speed ahead as we see the next 10 years or so. Um, The other thing that you mentioned, one other thing that I wanted to bring up is you said there's a a master's degree at USD in uh, analytics. Boy, that's so important. I mean, today's environment, and that's one of the things that I think has changed and attracted so many people to supply chain management, is understanding the data side of what we do and uh, how you analyze that data and use tools that uh, can be applied to all kinds of situations in order to improve operations. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Well, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, what I can talk about is that the the need for business analytics really has evolved in the past five years. And remember, I mentioned how fast you can bring on uh, various programs and degrees. This was done probably within two years time. And that is you, you need to get it approved by the university. You need to get faculty to teach it that are qualified to teach it. You need to get students interested. You need to market the program. Um, but as you said, the, the business analytics is really just turning all of this massive amounts of data into useful information that can be um, um, applied in, in making decisions that are that are relevant and timely. So that was the reason that those added is uh, to provide the, the ability to analyze the data, turn it into information that can be utilized to make really quick decisions that um, that will positively affect the logistics and supply chain operations. Yeah, how, how are you using data? I know you teach logistics primarily as part of the supply chain program, um, and that's near and dear to the Freightways audience, obviously. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about the classes you're teaching, how you're using that kind of new information, and you know what are you actually teaching the students? So when the students graduate from USD, and they go to work for a trucking company, for example, or even a, a manufacturing company. Well, you know, what skills are they going to bring with them? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the the areas that I teach within logistics in a minute. But what I want to do is I want to step back a little bit um, because there's a, a great deal of confusion about what the term and the scope of logistics is or logistics management. So in, in 2002, I was board chair of what was then the Council of Logistics Management. And one of the, the leaders, one of the all-time leaders came with a proposal. He says, listen, industry's changing its name to supply chain. The universities are adding supply chain uh, as part of their curriculum. Maybe it's time that we changed uh, the name to include supply chain instead of logistics. And by the way, I had my degree from the University of Southern California in logistics. So I had a pretty good uh, idea of what logistics was at the time. 
So um, as the immediate board, uh, past board chair of CLM at that time, I led a, a year-long effort to define what both logistics management was as well as supply chain management. I can tell you, this was a very challenging task. Um, even the committee I had of luminaries from around the world that, that understood both disciplines couldn't agree. Uh, ultimately, it went to the executive committee of the council, and they approved one of the definitions. And, and part of part of that name change um, that, that resulted in 2004 to the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals, part of the requirement was that if we're going to change our name to supply chain, we need to have a definition that clearly defines what it is, and that we can do research in that area, we can teach the disciplines in that area, so there's uh, there's no lack of understanding. So the definition that we created is on the CSCMP website today. You can take a look at it, and I can tell you with pride that it has not changed in 20 years. That said, uh, the definition that we created uh, for the logistics management component of this is what, what I teach. So this includes inbound and outbound transportation, all the material handling, everything that happens within a warehouse. Uh, and it, when I say transportation, it's all modes. It's, it's um, truck, um, rail, air, water, pipeline, every mode of transportation. Uh, warehousing is a key component of that, as I said. Order fulfillment, the network design of how we manage uh, the, the, the network, where the warehouses are and, and how we transport. Um, inventory management, customer service, uh, supply and demand planning, um, and management of third-party logistics. And what has evolved in recent years is this whole area of reverse logistics. And I also throw in something that I think is very important uh, in logistics, and that's packaging, the importance of packaging. We can see that in all of our, you know, in, even how that's evolved with uh, Amazon and the packages we get designed and how they're streamlining those packaging and how we um, how they protect the product so that's and that that, that's makes, that makes perfect sense why point. engineers would that makes perfect sense why engineers would be interested also uh, because yeah. uh, package design and uh, the way you load a truck and so forth all that is uh, our engineering tasks right absolutely yeah okay yeah I, uh so I've got you one better. You may have uh, studied logistics at University of Southern California, and I studied <laughs> transportation management at Arizona State way before anybody ever heard or thought the term supply chain <laughs> management. So I, I actually remember that, that the first time I heard that term, I was working at Hewlett Packard, and we had a, a regional meeting, and um there was a U.S. logistics meeting, and we had Cleveland Consulting come in and give a presentation. And the guy that was presenting had a chain with him, and he stood up and started talking about the links in supply chain. And it was an amazing concept to think about how all those different component parts had to work together to make uh, to make logistics, transportation, supply chain work. And um, it was 1989. It was the first time I heard that term and it was really eye-opening. Uh, and, you know, I think fast forward to today, it's more of a common term and we understand the interaction of different component parts of it and what happens when there's a, a break in one of the links 
you know, how all that fits together is really important concept that I think is generally understood by the population today, which is very exciting for us. Well, it's exciting, but you know, the interesting thing, you talk about the links and how they all affect one another and how they have to be all be connected. Well, the interesting thing about um, having an integrated supply chain today is most companies still operate in silos. (laughs) They have not broken those silos and as companies grow and expand and, and add functionality and products, they still keep those functional silos. So until we can have an fully integrated understanding the um, the importance of managing an integrated supply chain. It's never going to be as effective as the promise it holds for the future. Yeah, I think you know the introduction of ERP systems in the early '90s and early 2000s helped because that's where you can see what's happening in the department next door to you, right? So uh, the forecasters and planners can see what the procurement people are doing. Um, The logistics people can see what's coming their way. So, you know, that's really helped. But you're right. I mean, we have to get out of that that kind of silo thinking and think across the entire supply chain, really important. Um, You know, I wanted to change topics a little bit here, too. Uh, I know that you've done some research and teaching on uh, artificial intelligence and its use in the logistics industry. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think that's fascinating and coming and we should all know about it. I could spend all day talking about it, so I'll try to keep it keep it brief. But, you know, we talk about uh, artificial intelligence, AI. It's an important technology game changer within logistics and more broadly within the supply chain management area. Uh, but there's other emerging technologies that used together will change how we how we manage supply chains in the future. That includes the uh, IoT or Internet of Things. I call it Internet on Things because it's what where we're connected, whether it's a smartwatch or a smartphone that we put in our pocket. Um, machine learning, which really takes artificial intelligence and it it learns. Um, uh, learns and adapts and improves what we do with the artificial intelligence. Uh, uh, it, it robot, uh, robotics or robotic automation, whether that is driverless trucks in the future, drone, uh, drones, uh, or the automated warehouses that are um, very prominent today in terms of managing an effective warehouse, um, as well as mobile smart devices. And we, we talk about big data analytics and how important that is. But to provide a, a glimpse into the future at need all day, as I said, so as an example, let's use tr- uh, transportation. I'll use truck transportation. Um, and it, that has become becoming fully utilized. As you may know, I, I was involved in founding the company called Transplace um, years ago. Now it's part of Uber Freight. <laughs> so that happened in uh, two years ago. Uh, but we struggled at that time because everything we say, we're going to provide all this information and and excuse me oops i really apologize um but you know this was the predictive freight matching so what we did that we wanted to be automated we were really doing with all the backroom functions in terms of being able to you know to call the carriers and and do all of this today it truly is um automated uh and it's enabled by big data artificial intelligence and machine learning so this digital freight matching is really going to automate all these various processes that we have in transportation. So the 
these predictive capabilities along with the self-driving trucks and drone technologies will will solve a number of problems, okay? So um, you can imagine the, the struggles we have today just in terms of four areas. One being unused capacity, about one out of every third truck that you see, the driver tractor trailers on the road today is empty. All right. Wow. One it's, out of three. Wow. One out of three. It used to be one out of four. Now we're saying one out of three. But you just you can take a look and you know that a this a meaningful percentage of those trucks you see on the road, the tractor trailers, that trailer is empty. So we need to fill up because the only time drivers and trucking companies make money is when there's freight in that trailer and it's rolling down the road. The other thing is dwell time. So dwell time is um, you a driver gets to a dock and they're either going to unload or load. And they say, oh, sorry, um, we're not ready for you. Can you wait an hour? Well, again, that is wasted time because the only time that trucking company and that driver make money is when the truck is on the road and it's loaded. But the third area is just um, driver shortages. We continue to talk about the, the, the need for drivers. You know, we We've done some creative things in terms of getting drivers, and there's always, you can turn on any radio station. It's come to J.B. Hunt, come to Schneider, come to Werner. You know, we'll give you sign-on bonuses. Yeah. So it's, it's a crazy world out there. And the other thing that we have to consider is just road congestion. So with all of these tools we have at our disposal, think about road congestion. You can automate the, uh, you can optimize the lanes. You can optimize the, the time that those trucks. You can identify accidents and and provide, um, uh, you know, an alternate uh, uh, alternate route. You can do all of these things because you have real time, real data using all this big data and all these analytics, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning to improve all of these areas. So if you just expand that and you can say with all of these tools we can do in transportation, we're doing the same thing, whether it's in, in warehousing uh, management, inventory management and forecasting, and even manufacturing using 3D printing and, and uh, robotics and all those other uh, capabilities. So, so it becomes really important that students coming out of a university program not only have the understanding of the big ideas, but they also have the skills to manage systems, right? So, I mean, they need yeah. to understand what the technology is and how to manage it. Yeah, yeah, really important. Absolutely. So, so I um, have been reading about um, these analysts, the financial analysts who are saying that we have a super cycle in manufacturing coming uh, because there's been underinvestment in manufacturing in America for over 30 years. And now with the three big uh, bills that were passed in the last two years, so the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Sciences Act, and the Infrastructure Act are, are uh, going to put billions and billions of dollars into the economy to return <laughs> manufacturing in America, yeah, which is great. And of course, that's got a ripple effect all through supply chain not only for suppliers of raw materials and parts um, that will also be funded and, and nearby. Um, and also, you know, the entire logistics industry is going to be going to be affected. Some super cycles, the first time I had seen that was a couple of weeks ago. And then now it's popping up all over the place. There's a lot of predictions that that's what's coming for us. So that's good news uh, in a way. <laughs> I mean, it's very good for the economy, obviously. 
but holy cow, we got to be prepared. And that's, that's a little scary. Right. One of the, one of the um, areas that we see at the Reshoring Institute are so many companies want to come back from China, or at least want to bring part of their manufacturing back from China. And some of that uh, is coming to the U.S. and some to Mexico. Now, because USD is in San Diego, obviously, uh, you have a lot of uh, cross-border kind of activity going on. How do you bring that into your classroom and teach students about what's going on in cross-border commerce? Well, you're the expert in this, so I feel I feel like I'm you know, talking to my professor, but but I'll do my best to talk about it. just reshoring and nearshoring in, in general. But I think... That, I mean, you've taught me a lot of this um, in, in your classes and all the textbooks and all the research that you've done. But in order to answer the question, you really need to step back and, and talk about the origin. Where, where does this reshoring start with? And, and that is the it, it's the sourcing decision. So the sourcing decision in the past has been, well, let's go to low cost countries like like China in particular. And you could say uh, Indonesia or, or Malaysia or, or Vietnam. But that's where the, uh, it starts. And that sourcing decision is complex and includes a number of factors, including, and this is, again, what we teach the students, is um, how, to, how to cost this out. So um, certainly the attraction for outsourcing or offshoring in the past has been low-cost production. But when we think about the reshoring, there are a certain number of things that we need to consider before doing that. And that are, is, is that um, uh, you've got the extended supply chains, right? You've got more distance that you are transporting these products. You have got a more risk um, because a lot can happen the more time and more distance is, um, uh, is included in this, uh, these extended supply chains. So by reshoring to the U.S. and nearshoring to Mexico, uh, we can we can reduce the um, the extended supply chains. We can reduce uh, some of the risk. We can improve our delivery schedules because it's going to be more predictable and reliable. The question is whether these improvements will offset the potential loss um, of the, the the low cost manufacturing that we've got. So early in my career. Uh, I've not always been in academia, so I was 30 years in industry. But one of my first jobs, I became vice president of operations at a company called Denso. Uh, so Denso is the largest automotive parts supplier in the world. They're about a $45 billion company today But because I became the first vice president for, um, for Denso in, in the United States. But I learned at that time, and Denso is part of Toyota, for, for those folks that don't know. But um, as part of as part of my uh, education um, within that Japanese culture was just in time, and I think as we began reshoring to um, reshoring to the United States or nearshoring to Mexico, we can start applying some of those JIT principles. So certainly there's some there's some risk in JIT because it's reducing inventory. But you can be more effective at reducing inventory and having a JIT system if you are uh, closer to the source of the um, manufacturing and to the customer demand. So hopefully that answers some of your question on this. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, just to just to wrap up, Joel, we're almost at time here. Can you tell us um, what's the best way to prepare students for a career in supply chain management? Is it 
you know, just um, going to school and reading stuff and listening to professors or are there other ways we can prepare students? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. As I said, we're, we're constantly doing this because of our connection with industry and understanding what those evolving needs are. Um, and certainly, you know, the, the students have to be up to date on the, all of these e emerging technologies, you know, the artificial intelligence, machine learning, and, and all of this. But as, as, the, as we automate or digitize the supply chain, this isn't going to eliminate people like a, a, a lot of people are saying. It's going to eliminate jobs. It's going to eliminate people. Well, it's not going to eliminate people. What it will do is it'll change the skills that are needed. So the future right. of a digitized, yeah, uh, of a digitized supply chain can't be realized without talent that possesses these necessary skills. So I'm going to leave you just four four takeaways that I think are important as we as we move into this digitized world, and that is that with the fast pace of change, um, skills will become obsolete quickly. So the shelf life for for the education and, and skills that we get today have a shelf life of five years, which means that about, about half of what, a half-life of five years, which means that everything we learn today, half of what we will be using in five years will be unnecessary. So we've got to constantly relearn and, and educate ourselves. And understanding those needs, um, of the talent and, the, and what we need to teach is it's going to be very difficult because we really don't know what we don't know. With a shelf a half shelf life is five years, we don't know what's coming. So we always have to be on top of this, and that's why the academics meeting with industry and really ad adapting to the curriculum are important. And then talking lastly about soft skills and hard skills. So the soft skills that are going to go away or become less important that were always so important before our collaboration project management skills, um, various modes of communication, because these are going to become automated processes. And we see a lot a lot of this in customer service or the kiosks at bank or airports that we're doing a lot. But a lot of this is automated in, in advance. But importantly, those hard skills, such as the big data analytics, the quantitative and technical skills, software engineering, because computers and artificial intelligence can't create new technologies they can make this better, right? Um, and then just big data analytics will be more important than ever. So hopefully that that summarizes yeah, some of the things the and, and the, the whole industry um, at large, whether it be logistics management or this broader uh, area of supply chain management that logistics is part of. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joel. It was very interesting. And, I, you know, hopefully you keep on churning out those students from USD that have a great education and background and contribute to our industry going forward. Thanks again. Have a great day. It was a pleasure. You have a great day, too. Thank mm -hmm. you.